0: Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Russ Cordell. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Psalm 27. This is a psalm of David. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Somebody say in the house this morning, Whom shall I fear? One thing have I desired of the Lord that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Let's praise the Lord one more time. Thank you, Lord, for being in the house this morning. Thank you, God, for a place that we can come to to together and strengthen in your name, Lord, to feel your presence, to embrace one another for your glory, for your purpose, and for your your worship, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, you can be seated this morning. I have something shocking and bewildering to say this morning. And that is simply this, you just won't believe it. But right now, this world is racked in fear. I know, I know, it's hard to believe. The spirit of the enemy is running rampantly through our world. Boy, this, this virus, this COVID 19 thing, man, oh man, has that been an awesome tool for the devil, hasn't it? It's taking people out, it's causing death and destruction. But here's what's worse, in my opinion. Well, what could be worse than death and destruction? Is it setting up massive amounts of division and anger and fear? And fear is racking people, it's causing them to do things that, that God might consider foolish, it's causing division amongst people. It, fear is a powerful tool that drives behaviors in human beings that are always destructive. Fear never motivates a great, powerful move. In a general sense. Now, on an individual basis, sometimes fear can be a great motivator. I'm, I'm a parent. Trust me, fear can be a great motivator. But if you can motivate somebody with a, some other way besides fear, maybe perhaps respect for your parent or for the reward of doing things well, that's probably the best way to go. God is not a conveyor of fear. Yes, we're instructed, we're, we're told, we're, we're driven by the idea that we must fear the Lord. But you know as well as I do, that's not a fear of terror. That's not a fear of some ogre overlord who's gonna beat us down. It's a fear of respect and reverence and ed- Admiration. amen we just learned at men's camp this week awesome message preached about the fear of the lord the minister that was preaching to us said this he said that the problem in the world today is that there is a complete and utter and total lack of the fear of the lord in this world so much so that people have completely cast god aside and they're trying to do it their way and they're trying to run it their way and outwardly and broadly speaking and in the public eye that looks fantastic. Look at us, aren't we bold? We're the human race. We're doing everything right. We're fixing this thing. We've got a we've got a vaccine for the for this and we've got a fix for that and we've got a social program that's going to get everybody to love everybody's cultures. But deep inside, deeply within people individually, they're living in a stark level of terror in this world today. Because they've taken that fear of the Lord and they've cast it aside, and the spirit of the world is the fear that's motivating them right now. This does not belong. Every flesh, every human being feels fear. I feel fear. It comes on me once in a while, different things. I have children. I just mentioned that a moment ago. How many of you parents have never said, gosh, when your kids are out traveling somewhere, my daughter left for school? She's driving all the way across the state of Wisconsin. She's gonna go live in this horrible, awful place called Minnesota. (laughs) Sorry, Lord. Did I say that out loud? Mankato, Minnesota. My daughter, living all by herself. Well, she's got roommates, but she might as well be alone. (laughs) I have fear for that sometimes. I think about it. So you know what it does? You know what the motivation is there? Pray get a hold of God, because I fear the Lord more than I fear what the world can do. I fear God more than I fear what man can do to me. Remember the word that says that, amen? So we're operating, we're circulating, we're, we're, we're in a world with people, and they, they hide it well sometimes, they bury it, and they look bold, and they look strong, and they've got their opinions, and they, and they say what they've gotta say. By the way, if there's anybody here from Minnesota, that was totally just poking fun. But they hide it well and they live and they, and they conduct themselves and they appear strong but I guarantee you that in that wee hour of the night that time when they're sleeping the head's on the pillow and the eyes are wide awake and they're thinking about what COVID-19's doing and the communism that's coming down on the United States and, and, and the things that are happening in Afghanistan and, and all of these terrible things because they've got themselves buried in CNN and Fox News and the Wall Street Journal and whatever source that the enemy uses to convey it's fear-mongering and they live and they breathe in that stuff and they live in fear with no place to turn to and you'd say to yourself "Well, why wouldn't people turn to God you know something sometimes they do sometimes they lay there at night and they pray God help me but they don't know where to go they don't know what to do and here's the real deal there's thousands and thousands and thousands of little beacons of light Traveling around in their communities at work at their job. They're the one in the, the cubicle, four, four cubicles down and one over. There's a little beacon of light. Somebody who knows Jesus Christ. Somebody who knows Psalm 27. Someone who declares, who will I fear when God is on my side? But because of our own fears and our own apprehensions, sometimes we keep that stuff bottled up. Sometimes we're, we're living in a place where it just seems like we're so surrounded by everything that's going on with the spirit of the world. Nobody wants to hear what we have to say. And I'm here to declare to you this morning that that thinking is wrong. Find a way, find a way to recognize when that person is hurting, when that person that you know, your neighbor, that that person in your family, that coworker, whoever it may be, find a way to say, God, I know they're dealing with this thing. What can I say? How can I reach out? How can I declare who I am? Well, first of all, it's gonna start with you really recognizing whether or not you fear the spirit of the world or you fear the Lord Almighty. Come on now, I'm I'm afraid, I'm concerned in my own way that Christians, and God forbid Christians in this church are living wrapped up in all of these fears as well. Respect and fear are are two very different issues in the terminology that I'm using. You understand that, right? You know, if you know your neighbor's got COVID, don't go over there and lick their silverware. (laughs) Right? Right? But show him strength. Show him power. Show him what you know about the Lord Almighty. In other words, don't be foolish, but don't be buried in this fear. Come against this thing. Get this. Psalm 27, by the way, is, in my opinion, the greatest chapter in the book when it has to do with dealing in fear. Let me continue on with verse 5. It says, For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion, Oh my goodness. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. What a promise. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Well, there's your formula right there. There's your message right there. You're dealing with fear, the things of the world that are beginning to overcome you. How many are fearing the fact that persecution of Christians is not just happening in Afghanistan right now? How many understand and recognize that if you listen to the media enough, you'll start to hear some things that are happening, shutting churches down and the things that are being said in the media, oh, it's out there, folks. They hate you and me. The spirit of the world hates you and me. And it's gotten into some people, and they're mocking Christianity, and they're calling us racist, and they're calling us all kinds of names. Are you fearing that right now? Well, you shouldn't, because Jesus told you that was going to happen. Think it not strange, Peter said, when fiery trials shall come upon you for my name, for his name's sake. Jesus told you himself they're going to hate you. He said hate. They're going to hate you for my name's sake. But what did he say? Rejoice. Rejoice when they hate you. Because that means you're doing what's right. You're doing the right thing. You're in a place where he wants you to be. Now, does that mean you stand in your living room and go, hoo hoo everybody hates me, yay. Nope. You turn to God and you say, God, thank you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for giving to me what you've given me in the message of salvation. Thank you for the church that I can go to and surround myself with brothers and sisters that are like minded, loving one another for His purpose and for His glory. That's the rejoicing you can do, that's the glory that you can find. Amen. I think about these folks. They think that got, they've got it all together, they've got it all worked out. They're so confident. It's all about man, it's all about my education, it's all about my money, it's all about what I have. Feeding people into a place where all they do is count what they have, their possessions. We live in such an incredible me-first world. Selfishness is just rampant. Do you know why? Do you know why selfishness is the byproduct of what the devil is doing in our world? because it's a self-preservation tool. When you've got nowhere else to go and you're living in terror, what do you do? You self-medicate, self-apply, self-aggrandize. You just do everything you can to take care of self. I'm going to take care of me. I'm going to protect me. I'm going to wrap me up in my money and my goods and my, and my glory and my job and my education and all of my toys and all of my things, and I'm just going to keep serving me. It's about me. Boy, when that thing, when that pandemic happens and the toilet paper's going out, I don't care who I knock over and who I shove down and how many old ladies I walk knock out of the way, I'm getting my toilet paper. That's the spirit and the attitude of the world because the byproduct of that fear. What if I run out of toilet paper? Well, apparently that was the thought process because we sure had a hard time finding it. I know none of you use it. It's all just magically disappears. And This is not a good topic for the pulpit. Verse seven, hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidest, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Now listen to what he says in verse nine. Hide not thy face far from me, Lord. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. Boy, David just had it right down. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Now in today's terms, that's when the government forsakes me and when my neighbor forsakes me and my friend forsakes me and, 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 and people's common sense forsake me, the Lord will take me up. In other words, he will cover me. Anybody here go two, three, four months with zero toilet paper in their house? Listen, I know we suffered and I know we've lost people and I know this has been a serious thing. I'm not making light of that but what I'm telling you is if we get to a place where fear is driving our behavior but fear of the wrong thing, we're in trouble because selfishness takes over and when you become selfish, you stop doing what God has asked you to do. Literally, the exact opposite of what God expects of you is selfishness. It is so counter to his nature. We give and we humbly give of ourselves. And so if we become selfish, we become completely ineffective for the Lord. We become waste. And we've gotta be careful of that. That byproduct, as I said, that selfishness byproduct, I've told you this before, the first symptom is blindness. I've encountered people in the course of my life that are some of the most staggeringly selfish people you've ever met, and they think they're the most giving people in the world. Oh, I do all kinds of stuff for people. I hardly ever do anything and they're surrounded, looking in their house and they're surrounded by by just avarice and wealth and toys and all these different things and they're out 50,000 vacations a year and, and just amazing, ridiculous amounts of debt because all they've done is just fed themselves in fear and they've covered themselves in selfishness because they're living in fear. They wanted to, We've got to capitalize on the moment now. We've got to enjoy this now. I've got, to, I've got people that I know that their excuse for everything is, well, we've got to do this because we may never have another chance. We might not be able to do this later on, so we've got to spend this money. Oh yeah, it's debt. We'll throw it on the credit card because, well, you just never know. It's once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I've got a guy I know that's had 17 once-in-a-lifetime opportunities with a particular activity that he's involved in that costs a lot of money once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. It's an excuse because they're operating in a fear. If I don't get it now, I'm never going to get it. See, that selfishness takes over. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me and such as breathe out cruelty. Again, we're surrounded by it. And it's only going to continue to get tougher. And that's why, again, if we're operating under the wrong fear, we're in trouble because you will succumb to that. You will bend. You will break. It's fear that's driving people's behaviors right now. It's fear that's causing the things that we see in our society, burning buildings and... and, 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 and gun murders that are out of control in cities that have the strongest gun laws in the world fear has gripped this nation because they've turned from God and they've turned to self and they were taught be all you can be, do what you want to do it's all about you Right? All these slogans and all these banners and all these things. Think about all of these different athletic shoe companies and, and everything they teach you. And professional sports today teaches you, do what you got to do for you. It's about me. It's about me and my place. You ever hear people use this phrase, my truth? I'm just living out my truth. There's no such thing as your truth or my truth. It's either the truth or it's not the truth. But society has been told now that there's no such thing as sin. There's no such thing as doing things wrong moral compass. It's gone because you have your truth and I have my truth. And if my truth is a partial lie, well, that's okay because there is no such thing anymore. And we're surrounded by it. You can succumb to it or you can be an agent of light and the real truth in fear and reverence of God. Verse 13, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. How many times have we quoted it in here? Paul said it, where sin abounded. Grace did that much more abound. I don't care what you see through your little TV tube or your device or on the streets when you travel. I don't care how bad it looks, how awful things feel. That's the spirit of the world that is trying to creep into your soul and into your mind and convince you that it's hopeless. It's not hopeless. Because everywhere you're seeing that sin, everywhere you're seeing people fall, everywhere you're seeing people hurting and sin running rampant, there is grace and grace abounding mightily. And people are receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They're being baptized in Jesus' name and they are revolutionizing parts of the world right now that should be succumbing to fear and they're not. There's Afghan Christians right now that are under threat of death. They're going door to door. You think they just they 're going to shut down Stop you think the Chinese underground over all these years at a threat of death and persecution and imprisonment? you think they stopped holding church stopped handling i 'm cutting in and out here i 'm sorry i 'm not sure if it 's me or something else. You think that they stopped passing pages of the Bible through, through toilet paper tubes underground and, 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 and buried in, uh, under rocks and things like that, passing it one, no, they did not stop. They did not stop and the church has continued to grow and Christians continue to rise up and reach out to other people and see people saved. You know what, Jesus' church is gonna continue to rise as well. We're gonna continue to reach out as well. While we have this liberty, and I'm wrapping up right now, just a short message for you this morning, Verse 14 says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Be of good courage. While we have all of this liberty and all of this privilege, there's people in countries around the world that are desperate. They would love to be able to get together and sit in these little chairs like you are and listen to somebody preach the word of God. To be able to lift up their hands and say, Jesus, I love you, Jesus. I'll worship you, Jesus. But they can't do it. They're desperate to do it. They want to do it. They're so, they're so desperate for the Lord. But as human nature always operates, when you take something away from somebody, that's what what more they want, right? But you give it to them in abundance, and it's kind of like, eh, I got a picnic to go to today. Something else more important. It's okay. We'll get to the place. We'll get to the place where we'd be tested on this. I don't know if there'll be a point where sometime when they're shutting these doors down, people are throwing rocks through the windows, spray painting the side of the church. I don't know what's going to happen. If the church will even be here for all of that. But I know this I'm going to live in the fear and admonition of the Lord God Almighty. And in the face of what the world and the spirit of the world is going to do, I am going to stand. And I will not fear, thanks to David in Psalm 27. Amen? Why don't you stand with me this morning? Don't feel bad if you're fearful at times. If you happen to catch that news story and you feel that little quake in your chest, that little feeling in the pit of your gut, that's okay. You're, you're, you're robed in this, this nasty, failing, yucky stuff called Flesh. And don't ever think that the enemy is not just gonna stand right outside your door and just go after your flesh and after your flesh constantly. That's, yeah, absolutely. But armor yourself. How do you do it? Well, what you're doing right now. Coming into the house of the Lord. Coming out from the storm. Gather together, love one another. Praise and worship together. Lift up your hands. Listen to the word of God. Strengthen yourself by hearing that word and being a part of that Praise and go out emboldened. I said on a a service last week, midweek matters. Midweek matters. Why? Because you're dealing with the storm. You leave here on Sunday and the storm begins and it continues and you go into your job and you go into other places and you listen to the news one night, you pick up a newspaper and immediately the spirit of the world is on you the second that you walk out of this place until the time that you come back in again. Why does midweek matter? Midweek matters because it's a chance for you to get out of the storm and into the presence of God, scrape off that stuff that the world's put on you for one more day, propel you through the other next couple of days coming on Thursday and Friday and Saturday and thank God Sunday morning's here because I can come back into the hospital. I can come back Into the triage unit and scrape all that stuff off one again. Midweek matters, Sunday matters, these services matter because it's a time to get into the presence of the Lord and say, God, slap another piece of armor on me. God, give me something else from your word that I can last through this world so I don't listen to the voice of the enemy. This is where you find out more pieces of the armor. You can upgrade your armor a little bit every time you come in. You can figure out how to plug your ears. From listening to the voices of the world who want to tell you some things that are counter to the word of God, that are counter to what your pastor's teaching you. Oh, don't listen about that. Don't worry about that. That's something else. You can do do something different than that. That's not a big deal. You can armor yourself and continue to upgrade your armor. These services matter. These times together matter and we live in liberty and freedom right now. I can stand here this moment without fear of retribution. Police aren't going to bust in here Take me into shackles. You're preaching Jesus again. You're under arrest. It's not happening. We better take advantage of it while we can. Amen. Lord, we're thankful, God, for your word. We're thankful, God, to be able to gather together in your house this morning, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we declare this morning our fear and admonition of you, God, above all things. Lord, I pray that you guard each and every single... thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at two six two nine six five five one seven seven, or email us at info at org.